girl. Welcome to Penny's. All right, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) On this episode of Penny's Going and Raw, me and Hugh take a second to introduce ourselves, talk about the market's absurd action and how we fared. Hugh tries to explain consolidation, and we also take a little Q&A. Hey, yo, check one, two. This is Flavor Flav in the building for the Atlas crew. Atlas trading, what the fuck is up? They're traders, they're prodigies, and then there's legends. Rob, 4%, baby. No way. 4% fucking percent. Buy the fucking dip. Hey, who told me about Ibex? Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, someone just made, like, a lot more money than me on my trade. You find out, likes this game of pennies. Did you check the portfolio? Pennies. Pennies. The margin for error is so small. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. And they out there making money right now off of penny stocks. The two guys is putting their work to make y'all rich. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Time to think big. Pennies going in raw. Featuring Dan, Idiot Dukes, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny Strokes, baby. Okay, welcome to Penny's Going In Raw with Dan and Hugh, presented by no one. Uh, if you want to sponsor us, you know, hit us up. <laughs> Today is Monday, July 13th, and the market looks like it will continue going up forever, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the market will ever stop at this point. Yeah, dude, it's just on a constant uptrend up. I uh, I thought the thing on Tuesday, the little dip on Tuesday would matter, but it just... You know, it's just a fork in the road for it. And it just said, uh, fuck it and just kept rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Amazon and Tesla are like just perfect examples of that. They're just juggernauts right now. Yeah. I I looked at Tesla's price. Every time I look at Tesla's price, I'm just like baffled. It it makes no sense. Just with like coronavirus coming back and it feels so different this time, just because, uh, back in February leading up to it, it felt like such a big inevitable thing and then everything stopped immediately. But this time it's like uh, it, nothing's really opened back up all the way. We still have no sports. It's like, you know, it doesn't seem like too much is going to change, even though I feel like, you know, this lockdown is going to shock a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. William Hunting on Twitter, him and I talk every day. And you know what he said? And, and this was like my aha moment. He told me. The thing that made the market tank to begin with, or, you know, not tank, but pull back, has not changed. In fact, it's gotten worse, and the market has completely rebounded and gone to new highs. It, it is absurd. Like, Americans <laughs> aren't even allowed in some countries now because of coronavirus, and our market is thriving. Everything's okay here. <laughs> so... I, I think we do need to take a second to uh, to introduce ourselves, seeing as this is the first episode. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm Dan. A lot of you may know me as the deity of dips. Uh, I'm probably most known for wearing a blazer and making videos on Twitter. Uh, and I, I, I'm a pretty new trader, about eight, nine months now. Uh, I started with about 4K, it dropped to 2K in February, and it's just been on an uptrend from there. Uh, big in Atlas, that's where you can find me. But uh, yeah, man, uh, 25 from Alabama. And, and that's about that's about all I got. Uh, big sports fan, but other than that, what, what about you, Hugh? Tell yeah. me who you are. Yeah, so I'm Hugh, I'm 21. Probably most known for UAVS. I feel like that that day alone, I gained 9,000 Twitter followers. 
Um, you know, I started trading about five years ago. I lost my entire net worth and basically worked my way back up. And this year alone, I'm up about 3,000%. I'm 21 so, and I'm a senior at uh, the College of New Jersey. Great place. Go whatever the hell that mascot is. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think... I think what he's actually known for is going from 50,000 in February to a million dollars last month. You know, let's not be humble about it. That was something that's, you know, kind of impressive. But I think there's something else you need to get into is is you said you started trading five years ago. You're 21. Uh, let me do the math. That means you're you started at 16. So you said you lost all your network. I mean, how much could that have entailed? I mean, you were 16. Your money from working at the, the local shoe for less <laughs> it was it was the summer camp and it was seven grand and, uh, that's yeah, a good yeah, yeah. Bit for a 16 year old yeah it's good well you know i mean i worked a lot and so when i lost my net worth and i started working i went from working two jobs to working three jobs and everyone was like oh wow like you must be doing so well like that's so awesome when in reality i was just poor and broke and i had no money so i was working three jobs to get my net worth back <laughs> Well, I guess uh, we'll get our lovely editor, Vinegar, to cut out the part about that guy named Beep. That's where he said Mitch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, you're good. He can just edit it out. Okay, and I I think one last thing to uh, really talk about ourselves uh, when it comes to all this is how how our trading strategies are different. Uh, I'm a big price action and scalping and scaling in and out guy. I do it for a half a percent all the way to I'm usually out by 22% and I watch and cry as it goes to 400%. But not really. I'm a, I'm a pretty emotionless trader. But uh, Hugh, on the other hand, is completely different. And uh, let him let him hear it, man. Yeah, so I, if I'm not taking a position in most things unless I see an 80% risk to reward of at least making 100%. If I'm not making 100% and I don't have an 80% chance of that 100%, then chances are I'm not taking a sizable position in it. I'm predominantly a swing trader. I take maybe four day trades a week to keep the lights on. But other than that, I'm I'm holding if I'm not making hundred percent then and it doesn't have a catalyst, then chances are I'm not taking it. Yeah, you really gotta worry about keeping the lights on sometimes, huh? <laughs> Yeah, all, the, all those damn monitors. Okay, well, man, uh, before we get into the real meat and potatoes of this episode, uh, would you fancy maybe going over our weeks a little bit? How, how was yours? Yeah, you know, this week this week was, wasn't great. I um, didn't hit my goal. I, I did 81 on the week. Um, but, you know, predominantly, like I said, being a swing trader, not making my goal is an end-all, be-all because one single trading day can make my entire quarter. So even though I didn't hit my goal this week, I, I was about 40000 short of my goal. Um, that's, yeah, me that's too. That's okay with me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we felt the market, we talked about it. We felt the market slowing down about two weeks ago. And then uh, when I went on vacation, you know, I finally took a few days off because I, I, I was starting to feel burnout. And, uh, and I accidentally took 10 times the size I take. And they dropped an offering two hours after I took that position and I was on the beach and I didn't even know that I had taken as big as a position as I did. And I came back to being down like <laughs> boy woke up to being sunburned red and portfolio red. Hi. I was like, this has to be a mistake. This has to be a mistake. I saw an offering and I saw that I had taken uh, 300 
thousand shares worth instead of thirty. What stock is that? Um, oh my God, I gotta look. It was uh, it was a mid cap. It wasn't a small cap. They were um, maybe Z. It wasn't ZFGN because they just had data, but it was it was a biotech, and um, and I thought they were gonna run up to Catalyst or whatever. You know, I was just taking a little something. You know, a little something, something on the side, give me a little cash, and yeah. uh, yeah, they dropped an offering. Hey, if I put uh three hundred thousand instead of thirty thousand, mine would say. You need a hell of a lot more buying power, crazy man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's not because I came back and I just wiped out a week and a half of gains. Yeah, one dude, single day trade. We we were uh, talking about you know Tuesday was pretty tough. Um, you know, for the market, uh, it was actually my best day this week. Just I think maybe some of the coronavirus plays popped. I never really have a certain thing. All I actually look for the year uh, of the forty. 3,000, or I think it's like 50,000 now, uh, PL I've gained. Uh, the biggest one is $3,200, I think. Like, Whoa. mine are so spread out, dude. Yeah. Man, my losses are, are so small. I think there's only one page of losses and like 19 pages of, of dubs. So, dude, you know, it's awesome. just, it's so different, you know? We're just playing yeah. them every day. And the only ones that are really red are the ones I just give up on that I like hate. I'm like, this stock stinks. <laughs> Yeah, what's what's your worst? What's your uh, just out of curiosity? What is your biggest like fu? It's it's funny because so many people make so much fucking money on it, man. I've lost thirty three percent of every dollar I've put into naked, <laughs> and I've played naked like four times. Twice was after I said I'm never playing this shit anymore. That is so funny. That is <laughs> yeah. We all have that. We all have that one. Um, it pisses me off because so many people are like, "Oh, naked!" Oh, love it. I'm like, "I, yeah, <laughs> word, <laughs> yeah." It's it's an absurd one, but hey, I think uh, it's a good time to get into the big boy thing, man. Yeah, we want we want to hear about constellations. Like, what <laughs> is it? Like, what comes from it? So tell it. Tell us about constellations, man. That's the name of the episode. We want to hear all about it. Yeah, I'll tell you as much as you want to hear about consolidation there, Dibby. Uh Okay. <laughs> so first, let's go over, because everyone uses Investopia. Everybody. I don't care. I've used Investopia before walking into any finance test. So according to Investopia.com, consolidation is the term for a stock or security that is neither continuing nor reversing a larger price trend. Consolidated stocks typically trade within limited price ranges and offer relatively few trading opportunities until another pattern emerges. Dude, that makes no sense to me. The only thing that I understood was they typically trade within a limited price range. Yeah, it um, sounded like you're reading something. I was like, you don't know what half these words mean. <laughs> yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, I can't smell. Smell. <laughs> that too. Yeah, I can't. I can't spell. My verbiage is terrible. My pronunciation is horrible. My punctuation's the worst. But that's all right. Um, so when I look at that, the first thing I think about is that they said that a few trading opportunities un- emerge until you know a real pattern takes takes form. And I think that that really, really, you know, that they're talking about large caps there. Um, when large caps, you know, kind of trade in sideways action for a while and they don't do much. Um, but when I think about penny stocks and how, you know, consolidation applies to us, 
the first thing I can think about is news plays. I am usually looking for. Well, hey, before before uh, all of that, I mean, I think it'd yeah. be good to explain in very simple terms what exactly the constipation is. Like from my understanding, it's just where it just flat lines out after a lot of moves, correct? Yeah. Well, no, that is the commonly known thing. But if we take a stock that has fantastic COVID news, you know, it blasts what two hundred percent in a minute because of algos. I mean, people just slam that market by. Bye, 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 bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just slamming that. So I'm not chasing that. And when there's no support in sight, most people won't even touch that stock. Because it's up 200%. There's, there's literally no support inside. That's not the way to go. Because often these moves, move, uh, often these stocks will create newer high of the days if it's that good of news. And, and you don't want to miss out on that because, you know, there's already eyes on it. The volume's there, et cetera. So, like I said, consolidation. What you want to do is you want to let the chart come down, create new support. You know, Usually, usually I like to keep it within like a 5% range. I don't want it to be too, too, you know, jumpy on the chart. I want it to keep within a 5% range. So, you know, say going between a dollar five and a dollar. That's really where I want the range to be. And I want the technical, you know, I so want that, that 5% range is, is so if the stock went from 50 per, from 50 cents to $2, uh, and you're saying it's now consolidating in this dollar, dollar five range, which is your 5%. Just so, just so we're keeping up. Well, if it, I wouldn't want it to go down that. I, I wouldn't want it to go from fifty cents to two dollars back down to a dollar. If it, if it touched two dollars, then I would like it to to consolidate. You know, again, this is completely, you know, I mean, this is if like they had just IPO'd and and the news. You know, like if we're talking about like a hundred and eighty day chart, there's probably some support somewhere around there, but. Say that there's not, I would like it to come down to around the 175 because I don't want it to lose complete momentum and go all the way back down to a dollar. So say that I would like it to keep between like the 170 to 175 range. That's where I would like it to consolidate because what you want is the, the biggest thing is that you want to let the technicals catch up. Your moving averages, your VWATs, EMAs, SMAs, you want all of that because that's how day traders trade. They trade okay, I think I think a good you know, way to kind of explain this to a wide variety of different levels of skilled traders is uh, I guess if I kind of ask some questions where I misunderstood. Okay, so uh, let's say this stock went from whatever it was, a dollar to tapping $2, and then it dropped to $175. Uh, if, if it went from this dollar to $2, let's say at noon on Monday, when is this a dollar seventy-five or dollar eighty? This hypothetical price. When is it hitting that, and how long should it stay there? Yeah. So realistically, I'm talking about not necessarily noon, but say that they okay. have pre-market action and say they had pre-market news. So you know, say eight thirty news, or you know, say not okay. say nine a.m. news. It flies up to two dollars within the first two minutes. Okay, I would like it to come back down, you know, maybe trickle down to that 175 area. And then at open, you know, we might see another surge of buying power at open. But then, you know, ultimately, I usually, where, however it opens, so if there's a huge volume or if there's a huge sell-off, it usually comes back. That's, that's what I've noticed. So 9.30 to 10, you would like it to trade sideways between that range. That that's really key is that is that you like I said, you want to let the technicals catch up, the VWAPs and the SMAs, because that's how a 
variety. So let's say it goes from that 175 range, goes down to 160. What is your stop loss? What is your risk management for a play like this? Yeah, what, if, it, if it was at 175 at open, and I mean, you know, you got to see, you, and this is where price action comes into play. If it's just like one huge, massive market sell, and it touches 160, but then comes right back up, that's when you got to have the conviction of the trade. And that is when you need to be, you, you need to say to yourself, okay, that was one dick bag who market sold 200,000 shares of a low float and made it touch at 160. You know, I mean, he, he just probably took out 20% of Robin Hooders because they probably sell, they probably set a stop loss. It got hit, bids got filled. And now, you know, it's probably back to 165. And then through that first half an hour, you want it to come back into that range of that 175. And the most important thing is that it needs volume. If you're looking at the volume bars and the volume bars are really teetering off and it went from like three times the relative volume to under relative volume or it's at the average, that's when you... Uh, do you it. add more whenever it breaks out of consolidation? Um, it, it, yeah, so... So the biggest thing is going to be when it breaks out of consolidation towards towards the new high of the day, I'll add when it breaks out of that range. So when it breaks, so say it's trading between the 170 to 175, when it breaks out of that 175 with good volume, that is when I'll add. A what is your stop loss stop. or do you have one Let, while it's in that 170 to 175? Nope. It needs to, for me, for me, the only way that I would have a stop loss is if volume completely dried up. That's see. I either go down two paths. If there's volume, I'll just keep adding. If volume's starting to die off, that's when you gotta take, start taking some off. But if volume's there, volume predicts price action. So if volume is there, it's going to go up. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so usually with this uh, consolidation, usually it goes up or down after it consolidates. Yeah. Yeah. So so again, is that it? it so we call that. It's either going to cup and handle or it's going to do, and I mentioned this in the one stream, it's going to do what's called a death line. So that death line is what we call the range or the quote unquote new support. If the volume starts to die off, that becomes a death line. And ultimately, if volume dies off, we'll see one huge red candle. And that's why we call it the death line, because it's like when it comes to the end of the cliff, it falls really hard. So kind of if we have any technical traders, when you're looking at a wedge, you know, this consolidation is creating a wedge. When that wedge gets really tight and it makes a move up or down, it's usually a good move up or a good move down. And if it volume dies off and it gets to the end of the wedge or it's really coiled, then we're going to see a big red candle down. And that's that's when. OK, so how about this? Uh, what if something pops and over the course of a week, it goes, it, let's say it pops from 75 cents to two dollars. And over the course of the next week or so, it is slowly dropping every day. Everyone's sad, pissed off on Twitter, it goes all the way down to a dollar 20. Then it's rotating in between a dollar 20 and a dollar 25 for three days. Is that a form of consolidation that you would buy or that you would start watching in hopes of it going upward? So me being a swing trader, it would need a catalyst for me to get into. Like a lot of people, I know a lot of people like on catalyst buys, they like to buy an offering. I don't because I need it to, I need there to be two things. I need the chart to look good 
which means that it need, either needs to be cupping and handling on a longer time frame, or it needs to be consolidated on a shorter time frame. So for instance, it, if there's an offering, I'm not automatically buying the offering unless it's way underpriced. Like KTOV in the 40s, I think it was at 44 and there was an offering for 40 cents and it hit like 29 cents. I was buying the boat on that thing because that's it had an offering. Sense. You knew the catalyst and I knew the yeah, catalyst. You know, when an offering happens, it's, you know, even though it's a bad thing in the short term, it can be a pretty decent thing in the long term as long as the name of the stock exactly. isn't tops. Yeah. Yeah. That is just no one should be trading that. <laughs> and then I think another huge thing with consolidation is that because what a lot of people get caught doing is that. You know, a lot of people will, will listen to this stream and um, Tuesday we'll have a pre-market runner that will, again, dip back down. It'll consolidate and start making a move back towards the new high of the day. The most important thing to understand is that when it's going for the new high of the day, say it hits a brick wall of resistance and bounces off hard. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, let it come back down. You do not want it to come back down all the way. But say it's in that 175 range and say that brick wall is at 185, you would like it to consolidate around the 177 to 180 mark. Like right around there, that's that's real specific, but you don't want it to come all the way back down. But if it does, again, bounce off that support and now you have your new heavy resistance. So then when it go, starts to trend back up towards that heavy resistance, if it breaks that heavy resistance, fantastic, add on that. But if it bounces off of that resistance again, that is a bearish signal because now on the shorter time frame, you just create a double top and on top of a double top that, you know, it's bounced off twice hard. And on the longer time frame, say like the five day, five minute or whatever you want to say, now it's creating a downward trend because you had your high of the day and now it's rejected that resistance twice. So that's when you need to take some off. Hell yes. Do you have anything else on consolidation before we move on? Just anything that your big ass brain has to offer? <laughs> yeah, I, I, the biggest thing is if you guys don't have, if you guys don't know how to read volume and price action, you need to because, because I, I don't even know. You just need to. There's no reasoning except there's too many reasons at this point. Consolidation is a fantastic thing. After a big move or a big or after a big move up or down on the chart, I want to find consolidation. But that consolidation can quickly become, and I'm going to say this a thousand times, the death line. And if you see the volume starting to become a downward trend, the volume bar is literally stair stepping down. That is when you need to take some off because volume can come out of nowhere. But if it's around 11 a.m., the volume's only going to get worse. So that is when you need to be able to read price action and volume. That's so key. I think volume would be a great stock term of the week for next week that we could really explain and, and some other things for uh, how we can, how you can play volume and not so much volume is how many share of stock have we trade, you know? Yeah. So with that, uh, that sums up consolidation. Uh, yay, Hugh, he did a fantastic job. And so next week we'll actually go back and review whatever stock consolidated so we can get a better chart view. Uh, following that, uh, let's get into some of our Q and A. We uh pick some out, two stock related, and then one little uh, you know, little life fun one. 
Oh my God, is that incredible, Bob? Dude, I love your trading skills. I was actually just wondering if there's anything that new traders can learn from an old school trader like you. Thanks, Bob. Hey guys, this is incredible, Bob. Uh, I think uh, for new traders uh, coming from an old trader like me, I think the key things to learn are one to three trading techniques. Master them. Realize you can't uh, master them and keep doing it over and over and over again. And then realize after an enormous amount of time, you still don't get it. And keep doing it until you actually can master it and be consistent. Then you can take the next step forward. Wow, dude, thank you. That was a really good answer. Hey, man, I appreciate you stopping by. Okay, Hugh, we can continue now. Uh, so the first one, uh, what percentage of your portfolio is in longs versus swings versus day trades? Okay, longs versus swings versus day trades. Okay, so I actually don't keep, I keep an IRA and a Roth IRA for my long. So when, so that's usually, and I, and I can break this down, we can break this down in a different video, but my one IRA has Visa, MasterCard, Amazon, QQQ, and that's the entire portfolio. The other one has MYO, UAVS, OTLK, and it's starting to have, it, we're thinking about putting BMRA in there. You do like but BMRA. If, if BMRA is quickly becoming so after after this after I I answer this I think um going over your your favorite swing trades of the next coming month would be a fun one but uh yeah for me uh all of them are swings with catalysts and I day trade any of them that are moving up or down so I'm 100% all that I'm not longing anything just cuz I've watched the big short too many times and I feel like the market's going to crash <laughs> uh but with that, with the whole yeah. swing thing, what what are your favorite swings uh, going into these next couple of weeks? Yeah, so I think number one is going to be the it's going to be BMRA is is probably my number one because the chart is just too pretty. Uh, I, I'll run a series of scans on different uh, trend spider is what I use right now, um, but I've had I've also had um, oh I'm going blank. I've also, I also use, um, oh, give me, give me the scanner, um, trade ideas. So I use trade ideas and trend spider and I'll do a series of chart scans and BMRA is coming up across the board. If it breaks that 920, I mean, just on the chart alone, it's seen 12 to 14. Also, the other thing that we connected last week was that, um, ENZ who ENZ applied for the emergency authorization form. Which, if you guys don't know that, that's basically that moves them up in the FDA line because of COVID. They moved to the very front line. So ENZ applied one week before BMRA. ENZ got the news on Wednesday. BMRA should be any day now. It, it it's quickly become my favorite. It has a seven million dollar. I mean, seven million float. That's awesome. Um, you know, they have two different tests, COVID tests. They can scale up to 3.5 million tests per month of the one and a million tests of the other. They want to license out, they want to license out their um, technology so that we can scale it up in America. They're not just being capitalist douchebags. They want to teach other companies how to make this, but they're still going to make somewhat of a profit. I mean, I I can just go on and on. You you know, you know, you know, you can trust his DD when he's getting excited about all this FDA bullshit. 
So, uh, I mean, you know, that's just him. We have different hobbies. Uh, you know, I like to, you know, play video games, watch TV. He likes to look at FDA and SEC filings. Uh, so, um, I think here's a good one is how do you find out which stock you want to do DD on and not just picking random stocks? Um, yeah, so I, I get, I feel like you get this question a lot, Bob and I, um, so there is no one form. Okay. We do want it to have two things because this is where, like I said, the only risk that I want to have in a stock is I want there to be the only risk that I possibly have is unforeseen risk, such as offering, such as a delist notice, something like that that is completely unforeseen. Like I can't, I can't do it. I, I don't know when an offering is coming. I yeah, yeah, we know you don't know um, when an offering so is that coming. Is... <laughs> 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 yeah, funny guy. Um, <laughs> so. <clears throat> So what really, it comes down to two things. It comes down to doing scans for charts. You have to get, you, you literally just have to comb through 50 different charts, write down, and literally, I have notepads all over my desk. My mom deals with me constantly because my room is a mess. I have literal stock shit everywhere. She comes in at, at night and she just, she, she blows the gasket on me. But that, that's a story of a different time. But you need to create a list of 50 different stocks and you need to go through their charts or, or, you know, you need to go through the charts and write down maybe like 20. And then you just got to start poking around in the company. And if anything catches your eye, that's when you start to do DDL. I, I probably only choose one, one, uh, one single stock out of probably 60. That's, that's, that's how tight the parameters become because we only want really good. We only want really high percentage stocks, high percentage winning. And then the other way is that you got to keep really detailed notes. So I'll tell you right now, I will be adding a fluke ton of acre in two and a half weeks because they'll be done their, te- their testing or I mean their, their study in two and a half or like two or no, three weeks. So I want to add a half a week before they're done, give them a week plus to put the data points together so then they can release data. So I'll tell you right now, acre. I will be adding a lot in two and a, a lot of acre. Y'all heard that? Okay. <clears throat> okay. So before we get into our final question and one little scenario, uh, you mentioned earlier you had you know you missed your goal by forty thousand. How do you set your goals? Are they percentage wise? Have they always been the same percent? Etc. Uh, Etc. Um, no, they've never been the same percent. I mean, originally why I went to swing trading was because of college. It, it's like impossible to day trade while having without six, I mean you, you can't do it um, doing anything. I mean, like if I, I I'm freaking out if I <laughs> if I have to like yeah. do anything for thirty minutes. So like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I so my percentages are basically I always set a re, a reach percent I mean a reach goal. And a like realistic one. So my reach is about, uh, it's a little, it's about eight and a half percent of my portfolio. So it's a hundred thousand or not my reach. Uh, it's over that, but yeah. So it's, it's about it. So my realistic is about eight and a half percent and my reach is about 13%. And that's because again, 
being a swing trader, I mean, literally, you can make your quarter in one single day. You're going to be so damn rich. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, honestly, honestly, I would do this job if I got a salary. I would would definitely would work as hard. But I would, I would still love this. Yeah, no, this is this is it. quite a treat to be able to do for a living. Yeah, I, I think everyone, honestly, and I'll say this till I die, anybody who doesn't do this job, <laughs> is I, I don't see anything, I don't see anything better in the world. And, and we can't be offending anyone because it's not like people that don't trade stocks are uh, are, are listening to this, you know. Except mom, hi mom. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and if you are, you're a schmoo. Well, she's saving the world for from coronavirus. She's a pharmacist, so like, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, like, mind. I mean, you can hey. talk about you know sleeping with my mom, but saying you know her job <laughs> choice and and my grandmother was also a pharmacist. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe this. All right, guys. Well, it's been a fun. No, okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, lastly, yeah. uh, our our final question. Uh, before we get into this little scenario, uh, is what are the dangers of going in raw and why teenage pregnancy is becoming a nationwide problem? You, do you have, do you have anything for that? I have, a, I have a little. Oh, uh, no. Personally, personally, I'm saving myself for the right. This is you. Uh, so I wouldn't know anything about that. I'm not personally. saving myself for the Mrs. Dippity, but uh, I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a free agent. I mean, that's not why I haven't gotten laid. I think there there must be a few other reasons, but uh, yeah. Uh, so I do have some statistics on teenage pregnancy, but it's good to know that Hugh isn't contributing to these statistics. Um I'm also not well, a you look like one. Okay, so <clears throat> nearly 200,000 babies were born to 15 to 19 year olds in 2017. And that's a record low. And uh, I think, I think, ugh, shit, I, I, I think this is what is more surprising. I looked up some things on teenage pregnancies, but uh, of course, it auto corrected to teen mom too, because I love that show. But I, I found some staggering uh, numbers here that may be even worse than the, the teenage pregnancies numbers. Um, okay, so you ready for this, Hugh? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, me with I, you may want to sit down for this, man. This is a lot to, to handle. How'd you know I was standing well, up? I'm standing up, too. Uh, have you ever watched any of my streams? I never oh, sit okay. down. So Teen That's Mom true. has five seasons. Teen Mom 2 has nine seasons. Teen Mom 3 has one season. Teen Mom 2 is actually still airing, so I'm not sure why Teen Mom 3 is not airing, but Teen Mom 2 is on season 10. I didn't look into that too much. Uh, Teen Mom Young and Pregnant has two seasons. Teen Mom Young Moms Club has one season. Teen Mom UK has seven seasons. Teen Mom, which I guess is like another UK version of Teen Mom, uh, has one season. Teen Mom OG has one season, and a show called High School Moms even fucking exists. Uh, I I thought that was kind of more impressive. There's at least like 700 episodes of this. 
I don't, being from Ant, I mean, being from Alabama, I thought, you know, that'd be like a pretty... Uh, you're thing, confusing yeah. incest with teenage pregnancy, but I mean, common misconception. <laughs> so I think, I think the way we can wrap this up is a little, you know, little reading of the week. I got a DM uh, last night and I didn't fully, well, I did. I, I couldn't really fathom this, but... Um, I actually asked him for a little more context today, but he didn't respond. So looks like we got what we got. So you ready? Yeah. Hey man, I'm a 21 year old college kid who started trading with my saving <laughs> with my savings money over the last few months. I started my account with 17,000 and got it all the way to 35,000 and should have been higher Jeez. if I wasn't greedy and held for too long. My account is now down uh, to 11000 after a rough few weeks. Holy. I was wondering if you had any advice for me to help get my account back in the right direction. This whole thing seemed so easy at first, and it took a turn fast, LOL. Thank you, and enjoy your weekend. <laughs> so all I have for them is, well, you did really good at first, but it sounds like you have terrible risk management. How did you lose 70%? Uh, he responded, bad risk management and sold for losses because of getting nervous and being a beginner. Honestly, just need one solid day to get me back headed in the right direction. Just need some wisdom. And I've taken a liking to you and Atlas. You're a funny dude. I, uh, I didn't have to include that last part, but I mean, why not? You know, um, yeah. so he just needs one day in the right direction to get back on track. So, I mean, he doesn't need much. <laughs> Okay. Okay. What What's his name? Do you, can you tell me his first his first letter? Well, it's what's actually the same name as our producer. His name is Vincent. Vincent, Vincent, listen very carefully. You have the worst mindset. I have. First off, if you guys ever think that we're going to sugarcoat anything, never, never. Vincent, you have the worst mindset in the world. Jesus. It's not one day. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 Vin, because I was, I was Vincent. I was Vincent uh, a few years ago. You need to start tomorrow at ground zero. You need to say, okay, my account is 11,000. This okay. is where I'm starting. This is, <laughs> this is where I'm starting. You need to put proper risk management because honestly, nobody should blow their account up in, in that amount of time. Although I did blow mine up. It was uh, it was death by a thousand cuts. You need to do proper risk management, and you need to start Started from the small. bottom. Now we thirty percent lower than where we started. Literally, you need to you need to say to yourself, okay, I'm going to throw a thousand dollars as my starter, and I'm not going to go up until I until I understand the pattern and I understand my strategy. Do not try and trade a thousand different strategies. Choose one that you think you're most comfortable with and go in small and try the strategy. If that doesn't work, move on to the next one. But please have risk management and go in small. I can almost bet you that Vincent kept going larger and larger to revenge trades. And that is revenge. Exactly. I bet he started revenge trading. And that is how he really dug himself a hole. So Vincent, take this as a fresh start tomorrow. Start at the bottom, choose a strategy, and use fear money. Then 
when you can prove to yourself that you can trade correctly using a single strategy, that is when you start to scale yeah, up he, your money. Because you, you got to think Hugh, because he he's 21. Yeah, he's got all this, blah, blah, blah. But most people never start investing. I think was 20% of Americans invest. So, I mean, you have so much time. Like, I wouldn't rush it. Even yes. if you're like, I don't want to just trade with a thousand so hard. Try 3,000. You know, you have 11. Don't, you know, have some backup because it sounds like whatever you're doing right now isn't working. Like you said, use one strategy. Don't try a bunch. I think that was my fault at the beginning was trying yeah. a bunch. And instead of sticking with one, I decided to not because I'm stubborn. And then I just decided to combine them all. And somehow that works. So. And Vincent, the most important thing is that even though, you know, you're going to be like, wow, like these guys are dicks. Yeah, kind of. But you're going to be okay. You just need to hone your strategy back in, choose one, go small, and then prove to yourself. That one thing is that that you have is time. You have time on your side. I saw a statistic that two out of every three millennials, millennials, the oldest millennials, 30, like six right now. Okay, so you have time on your side. You're a Gen Z, but the generation before you, two-thirds of them spend more on coffee than they do investing in the stock market. Let that sink in. They spend more on coffee per, per year than they do in the stock market. So you're going to be okay, Vincent. You have time on your hands and you're early. That is such a heartwarming answer. I'm just sitting here almost in tears. Um. All right. Well, I think that wraps up everything I had. Uh. Well, actually, I did have a little speed round because people always like our speed rounds. Uh. And I think this will help people get to know yeah. you. Uh. And I think I can. I can do this. I wrote this down like while we were recording. You ready? Favorite yeah, stock I mean, movie. Mine's the big oh, short. margin call. Okay. Uh. Did you ever watch uh, the Boiler Room this weekend? So good. I did. So I good. watched it on uh Thursday. You know, I uh, the hype by uh, I hope Beach trades hear this and Shark, dude. I I thought margin. Oh yeah, the ending was kind of like you wanted like an extra twenty minutes. Eh. Yes, yes, exactly. Margin. I I thought margin call was the most boring. It was like you know I don't know. Yeah, dude. Really? You know, it was the numbers. I like I like. Yeah, that is you know that confusing. Maybe price action guy, but like, come on, let's be real. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you know what else I do like. Um, I haven't seen that with uh, Gordon Gecko, dude. Oh. That one's a good one because I always saw myself as uh, as you have there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, mine's All a big right, short. Uh, okay, favorite stock book? Turtle Traders. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. Definitely Turtle Traders. But I thought you know I just started reading reading Rich Dad Poor Dad because everyone told me to read that. So I'm really liking that one, but I can't say it's my favorite yet. Check me back. I, like, uh, stock documentary. I I like stock the one documentary. On, uh, there's uh, there there's ones on YouTube. It's like if you look up the Paul Tudor Jones or whatever. Uh, Paul Tudor the, uh, Jones. Is one of my if favorite. you look up yep. down, like one of the YouTube ones, they'll have like his story, and then in all the related ones by that same channel, have all the other like really good OG traders. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Another. Okay. So we just did favorite stock movie, favorite stock book, favorite stock documentary. How about favorite stock to trade? <laughs> oh, favorite stock to trade. 
Ooh, like over the course okay, of Okay, give me I right mean, now and Right now. Ah, you know what? I you know, I, I kind of do options on the side. I do I just started posting a little bit about options, but uh, Amazon options are kind of like my bread wow, and butter. I know that. Um, I'm actually this week I said I was going to start scaling up my Amazon options to like big money. Um, but they're kind of my bread and butter. Secret. It just goes <laughs> up. Watch it. Watch it pull back 10%. My, uh, my favorites, uh, I think RTW and Mark, especially Mark back when it was like 30 to 40 cents every day. Uh, whenever they tweet RTW, yeah. I always found that one easy. Right now, I think. Oh, yeah, Trib. Right now, uh, my Trib. favorite, without a doubt, is I call it titties and pussy. It's T T N P. <laughs> and uh, I love I love trading. It goes from twenty nine to thirty and thirty to thirty three a lot. So <laughs> I I really like it. Right, I want to amend my answer. Um, Too over, late. <laughs> overall, the last like since I yeah yeah since I've been trading BIOC, that is by far my highest percent. I don't think knock on wood. I BIOC I've traded for the last four or five years with BSS. And it, it's been money like constantly. Um, and then right now, it's definitely Trib. I, I, Trib is one of my most winning stocks. BMRA definitely. And of course, the baby. I know the you US. don't like this one, but um, damn, I can't even think of its name. It starts with an I. It's like a dollar twenty. Uh, shit. I. Oh, is that I? No, no, that sounds like I Power. Uh, no, this is um. Some like medicine stock, I don't know, but I, I mentioned it to you and you said I'm not touching it, too many people are on it. But uh INPX. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like it right now though. Okay, yeah. uh I think one more, it's not stock related, and then we can wrap it up. Uh sports teams, I'll go first. Uh, I love Auburn basketball, Auburn football, and OKC Thunder. Yeah, so birds baby, huge Eagles fan. I always said that when I made a hundred million, I'd uh, buy like a. Why don't you just save there? up like another eight hundred million and buy the team? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, it is. that's a lot of money. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's definitely Eagles, Sixers, Devils, Sun Devils, Sun Devils. huge Devils fan. No, oh, what do you? I don't know what the Devils like. What uh, sport? Uh, I'm not a hockey guy. Come on, dude. Big <laughs> hockey. And uh, let me see. I mean, football, you know, the TCNJ <laughs> Lions, you know. <laughs> They're not doing too well. You know, yeah, I mean, like, how, how are they performing? Well, listen, we have like, you know, some of my boys are on the team. They're, they're going to listen. But, uh, you know, listen, history does you not. You never know what's going to happen, uh, dude. At any given Sunday, any given exactly. Saturday. Any given whatever day a D three school plays on, maybe like Wednesday, I guess. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Monday night, Tuesday night. I don't know. Listen, listen, listen. They've won six games over the last wow. five years. But give it up for the fucking NW, whatever the fuck Lions. Yeah, hey, TCNJ Roscoe Lions. All right, listen. I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you good ticket prices. All right, what. hell yeah, man. Well, I think I think we did a good job. Uh, a little thanks in advance to Vinegar. Uh, Vinegar, if you want to say something for the people on your way out, like, hey, this is the guy's voice who edits everything. Hey, what up, Bobby, doesn't he sound like an editor? And not only is he an editor, but he's also in the fucking Navy. So don't fuck with him about being an artsy dude. So, hoorah. <laughs>
Thank you for tuning in to episode one of Penny's Going and Raw with Dan and Hugh, produced by Vinny. Uh, we love Atlas. We love the chron- the blazingchronicle.com for all our cannabis news. And uh, yeah, that's that. And y- y'all enjoy your week. Hope it's green. Peace. Oh, yeah.